Welcome to Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. Now, Kim, you're a busy man and you've just gone and bought yourself not a skateboard, not a, another surfboard, but another accounting practice. Where do we even start with this? Well, Where did you start with it? Uh, well, I guess if you look at my business, we are growing at a rapid rate, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's um, a whole range of reasons why that happens. But if you want to grow at an ultra-fast rate, you buy other accounting firms. Mm-hmm. And I've done it on two other occasions. One worked extremely well and one worked well but not as well as the other one. But as you're going along the journey, you pick up little ideas about how to make each deal um, work better. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess you're always thinking in the back of your mind that um, the whole profession is getting older mm-hmm. and there's not enough younger guys coming in. So you're constantly at all these networking functions, mainly organised by banks, um, that when you're seeing these older guys in the room, that they're potential targets to take over. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, as an accountant buying another accounting practice, what are you actually acquiring? So, you, all you're buying is basically a list of names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're getting some working paper files as well. And some computer software usually with names and addresses and numbers on it. Right. Um, that little part of it is a little bit tricky because there's confidentiality issues. So, I think when I started buying my first firm, it basically was a handshake agreement with the owner of the business and everything came across and the clients were told later. Nowadays, you've got to be a bit more upfront with Mm. accessing information and getting okays from clients, but it works the same. So, what what basically happens is you've got these older guys and these these are why it's so appealing. This is is why. Um, They work all their life Mm. and they network the hell out of whatever group they're associated with. You know, with the older crew, it's Rotary, Apex, mm. Lions, um, the Yacht Club, the school, all of that stuff. They work for like 30 years building up their business and they get to a point where they want to retire and they've had a good life and they've, yeah, they can retire. Not everyone can, but mm. these guys generally, if they've played their cards right um, and they've been giving financial advice for their whole life, they know what they're doing. So they get to usually in their 60s where they start thinking seriously about retiring and they don't want to go on forever. And, and clients are noticing this too because at that age, um, they're not at the top of their game anymore. I'd say in the accounting profession, 40 to 50 is where you're at your peak mm. and then you taper off a bit. But because you've got the relationships, the guys stay with you. Mm-hmm. So um, they build up their practice over 30 years and the numbers on buying practices are um, that they are effectively cheap. Mm-hmm. So... Um, build it up over 30 years and they basically get an extra year of revenue when they sell it. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's crazy. You you know what I mean? So they build it up for 30 and they get paid for another year of that 30 years work. Mm. So it's really, um, if you're buying and you get the right one and the deal works, it's a really good idea. So how do you calculate how much you should be paying for a practice? Well, those numbers are pretty standard in, in accounting. It's usually um, uh, if, if the book is worth, um, you know, a certain amount of money, 
uh, sorry, like if, if it's based on turnover. So it's dollar for dollar with turnover. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an easy. It's not a number that you kick around really. It's just, um, a, a, a number that you and that person agree on. Now, it, the price is going up. It used to be eighty cents in the dollar, and now because people are catching onto the idea, mm-hmm. and there's um, more younger guys who are a bit more um, entrepreneurial in the marketplace, they've driven the price up. Mm-hmm. Okay. But having said that, so you pay a dollar, um, this deal that I've struck, I'm paying 80 cents, but I'm going to pay 20 cents extra after the first year, which is a, like a guarantee that I'm going to get that revenue for that first year. Mm-hmm. So if anyone leaves, I take it out of that extra 20 that I'm going to give him. Yeah. Right. Now, people leave for different reasons. Like they might have been looking for an opportunity to leave or they've sold their business, they've closed it mm-hmm. down or, you know, there could be any number of reasons. Mm. Right, but you're looking at total revenue for that business. Based on your calculations, how big an increase will this acquisition give your business? Um, it'll add another fifty percent to the size of my business. Wow! So it's pretty big. That's big. Yeah. What are the other implications and costs uh, well, involved in that in terms of staffing? Um, well, this this gentleman. Um, do you want me to take you back to yeah. how it... Yeah, 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 let's do that. Okay, because I think that that whole process is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and as you're probably aware, I don't go through the normal channels. No. <laughs> no. So, um, I have identified that um, acquiring a practice is always an option for me. So, I'm always doing my homework on who's available and who's around. And I didn't meet this guy at a... Um, at an event, I um, just went onto Google and looked for all of the accountants, like within a five, 10 kilometer radius of my business. And I tried to identify using Google as to, <clears throat> you know, sole practitioners are the easiest to deal with, so I don't look for partnerships. I look for the ones that, because of my property flair, they look like they own their premises, right? So there probably is a hundred accountants in that 10 kilometer radius. Mm. <clears throat> Um, at the time I did this five years ago, I identified four, right, um, that fitted that criteria. Um, so I approached all four of them. Um, one of them was he, uh, I found out he didn't own his premises, so I was less mm. attracted to the deal. Now, it's like when you buy a property and it's got subdivision potential, it's like when you buy an accountancy practice and you get the, the property as part of the deal, often you'll be getting that property at um, with um, either rundown, where, where, where there's a lot of opportunity to add value, like mm. um, at a discount to market because it's part of the deal with the customers. Yeah. Like these older guys, you can consider all of their customers are their friends. They want to send them to someone who is trustworthy, reliable, honest, has integrity, right? So, Effectively, I'm stepping in there and I'm reassuring them then that, that I'm that person, mm. right? That they can feel quite comfortable that they can do refer all their customers to me um, and know that in five, ten years' time when they bump into that customer at a local restaurant that they'll say, gee, thanks for introducing me to Kim. He's done a great job. Mm. So, right. in terms of the new customers as part of the whole complexity of what you're doing, do you have a process for calling every single one of them, um, communicating with them? Well, what we'll do is we'll send them a letter yep. and then we'll identify the, usually 
it's the 80-20 rule. You know, the top 20% of his clients will generate 80% mm. of his revenue. Now, it might be a little bit different to that, but I'd like to meet all of those people with a hand, you know, face-to-face um, introduction. He is also keen to work for me for a period, which also solidifies the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But if you're looking at purely at the numbers, it's best that they leave straight away. Mm. But it's a nice touchy-feely thing that, you know, if you're getting introduced to um, 500 people and he's in the back room, mm. um, well, then that's, it's a nice that's just transition. a feel-good thing. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess the thing comes down to that we don't need you on board, but if you're happy to come on board and you can pay your way, then, you know, you're welcome to come along on the journey. What are some of the other costs and implications that you've calculated as part of this and the extra growth that you're going to get? Um, well, he's got staff. So, sorry, you mentioned that before. He is going to come over. He had a guy, when we originally started talking about this, so I sowed the seed, I think, um, four or five years ago, and he remembered that. We went out for a coffee and it was always a little bit icy, but he brought his financials and laid them down on the coffee shop table. And I thought, that, like, for okay. someone out of the blue to do that, that was quite unusual. So I knew it was a very profitable practice. I knew he was a sharp guy because there was no, um, like, nothing that looked like it was really inefficient, like no expenses on that profit and loss that I could just rule a line through mm. straight away. He was pretty sharp. Um, so he had a guy who was working for him. This was the sort of like the stumbling block for the taking the deal any further. Um, he'd sort of promised the practice to that guy, but I'd been keeping in touch, farming him, mm. like watering the seed, bringing him every six months, just saying, how are you going? I'd also identified this common um, interest that we both had. Now, this is bizarre, but he his dad owned the practice before him. He bought it off of his dad. His brother was working in the practice. His brother died. This guy doesn't have any kids. So I'm hearing all this happening, right? I'll come back to the no kids in a moment. But um, his dad's idol was Sir Cyril Bird, right, who set up an accountancy practice called Bird Cameron, right? This guy set up the largest independent network of accounting firms in Australia, had 300 staff wow. operated as a sole practitioner out of Perth, right? He used to go around to mainly farming clients. He'd drive his car out to the farm. He would sit down, have a meal. Then he would get on the piano, play. They'd have a couple of glasses of red, <laughs> grab all the records, put them in the boot of his car, and then he'd drive off to the next property, right? But it was such a bonding experience yeah. for everyone. They all loved him, right? Yeah. And there's articles about him. He, he got knighted for his services to the you know, accounting profession. When he died, the Queensland Premier um, made a special speech, media announcement. You know, he ended up going Australia-wide with his practice. I mean, incredible story. Mm. And this was Legend. all like in the early 1900s, but there's a handful of articles about this guy, but I'm mm. fascinated by it. Mm. And so is the guy that I'm buying the business from. So we're, we're constantly doing a little bit of research here and there and updating each other yeah, with yeah, newspaper yeah. articles and building about that relationship. this guy. Yeah. And we're also, you know, and I've said to him, to this gentleman that I'm buying the business from, that, you know, I see a little bit of ourselves in this guy and that's, you know, he's a bit of a role model for the way that we've run our businesses and run out, continue to, hmm. right? So that's been important. Um, so when the staff member wanted to buy the business, um, the price he must have offered was too low. 
like which is a bit opportunistic and he sort of shot himself yeah. in the foot but now in the last six months he's moved to finland and he's operating remotely oh. in the business like he can't talk the language over there so he can't get a job over there okay his girlfriend or wife or whatever lives over there so he logs in every night and works on files in the office here but so that player's out of the race now mm. so it's all fallen in my lap but i've um the office is absolutely gorgeous it's it's um in a really prestigious one of the most expensive retail strips in adelaide so what but, are you going to do you're going to move there well i'm going I'm to buy the office as part of the complex um I will operate for probably six months out of it and then I'll move the customers back to my other office okay. and then I'll just renovate this place and I'll rent it out. Okay. So I'll be there temporarily, but it's just a really good opportunity to get that as part of the deal. And mm. if I can um, value add to that and make money on that, well, then that's an awesome property to have in my portfolio. It's going to be expensive though. Yeah. You just can imagine. But it's blue chip. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Just can't get those opportunities. And if it went to market, um, yeah, it would sell really well. Mm. And if I can buy it direct and as part of this deal and, you know, the fact that he hasn't got any kids, so it's like, well, why does he want to charge me top dollar for it mm. when what's, he's going to leave it to the guide dogs? Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm really interested in building a friendship with him because uh, he's going to rely on me more as he gets older. Mm to keep his interests at heart, you know, look after him and choose his nursing home for him. Okay. Over this journey, had you made, you said, what, you've been kind of working on him for four to five years. Yeah. Had yeah. you made offers early on in the piece? Uh, well, it wasn't appropriate to do that. Yeah. He, he was, for some reason, he really wanted to sell when he turned 60. Okay. Um, and then he had a change of heart and he said, he just he used to keep on saying to me when I'd ring him every six months, like, I'm really cooking with gas, you know, it's like, I don't know how much gas you've got left in <laughs> gas bottle, but, um, you know, I just think that uh, at some point you're going to want to change your tune on that. And sure mm. enough, he did the last meeting. He was just – so the way we left it was um, he wants to sell uh, – we'll do the deal on 30th of June next year. So the fees are in the bag. It's just the property. But I'm going to put pressure on him to make sure that that's um, – a good deal, mm. like not not a huge discount, but just fair value because mm. I just really want that property. I just think that it's a really really good zone, and I can do things to it which will. I mean, be inside it yet, but um, I just know it'll it'll always be an awesome property to hold long term. There's a bit of time though before you've kind of got practice in your hands. Yeah, so um, he wants to meet up in March, get the documents drafted by lawyers at that point, and then with a the settlement on the 30th of June. And okay. then I met with my bank manager like a couple of days after and I thought I'll just mention it to him and he goes, gold, that's just going to look so good in your portfolio. Um, I'm happy to do the deal. And he thinks that the price that I've agreed to with – now, bearing in mind this guy that I'm buying it from thinks that the price I'm paying is gold because he's been offered less hmm. amount by his staff member. The bank still thinks it's cheap. Yeah, yeah. You know, so everywhere you look, it's really um, – It's a good it's a deal. Good deal. And it's win-win for everyone. Like, they can't go on forever. Mm. And they just want their life's work to go to a good home. Are you going to continue looking to buy up other practices and, and grow to a significant size? Kind of what's your, what's your goal yeah, there? I, th I think I will. Um, again, not all of them are for me. You, you want to really pick the eyes out of the market. Mm. Um, you want the really good quality ones that 
um, these older guys have have built up and nurtured over the years, and mm. you know, great list of clients and all of that. So if those opportunities arrive, arise with a great premises, absolutely, I'm all there. But I really want to pursue organic growth for my business as well, mm. probably up that a bit as well, because I really like that because I'm attracting really good customers, um, which is not exactly how it works when you buy a book. Like, you know, if they if you're buying it from an older guy, usually they're five or ten years above or below his age still great customers but the ones that i'm attracting myself um are also awesome but it just um it's a it's not as easy as getting the whole book in your mm. lap mm. okay you gotta work for it okay um anything else on this uh story i think so i think we've pretty well covered it i just think it's it's interesting that um you know like this applies to really any business i think acquisitions are a really good way to go it's a massive play in professional services isn't it for yeah for quick growth if you like go to- with lawyers um accountants financial planners um even doctors and specialists like i think that if there's older guys around that you are bumping into at these sorts of functions you know <clears throat> what i'd say is don't rule out the opportunity of being able to um work together with them even though you might think that they're technology and their ideas are out of date there's probably a lot of stuff that you can work on together and and it can be win-win like um you know don't rule out that buying these other businesses is a bad idea i think it's every opportunity needs to be looked at Mm. and you'll be pleasantly surprised with um how um um easy it is to work with these older guys and what an opportunity rests there Mm. if you're prepared to work with them Mm. Thanks for listening to Accounting Insider. Now, remember to go to the website, accountinginsider.net. There you can click through to Kim's new vlog, the Accounting Insider vlog, where um, he's doing some pretty cool stuff. So make sure you click through and subscribe. We need to build up those subscribers, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do. Thanks for listening.